0: For our final episode of 2023, I am joined by sought-after choral director and vocal coach Mark DeLissa. Mark has worked with the likes of Ariana Grande, Jessie J and Beverly Knight, and has also been involved in TV shows such as Our Dementia Choir with Vicky McClure and The Masked Singer. Mark made the arrangement of Stand By Me, which was performed by the Kingdom Choir at the Royal Wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in 2018, which has been streamed over four million times. And Mark is here with me to discuss how we can sing and teach the gospel style. After this episode, we'll be taking a short festive break, but you can join us again from the tenth of January, twenty twenty-four, as we begin a whole new year of singing geekery here on the Singing Teachers Talk podcast. From all of us at Bass Training, we hope you have had an inspired teaching year, and we wish you happy holidays, however you'll be spending them. Now on to the podcast with Mark DeLissa. Ah, ah. Mark Delisa, a very warm welcome to the Singing Teachers Talk podcast. How are you and are you ready for Christmas now?
1: I am very well and I am so ready for Christmas. It has been a super busy year and I cannot wait just to just have nothing to think about for tomorrow other than what more, which 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 cake am I going to eat and how many quality streets am I going to have that's that when I can have that kind of outlook for the next couple of days that's going to be great so yes I am looking forward to Christmas yeah.
0: which is your go-to quality street I'm actually a bit annoyed because I can get any in the shop this week
1: sadly my original go-to quality street has been removed which is the dark brown one, which I'm really annoyed about, actually. Yeah. Um, so now it's my second, which is the strawberry cream. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's 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 my go to.
0: That's quite a diversion.
1: Yeah, that, that, those are the ones that are left when my kids are finished. Those are the ones that are left and that and I love them. So I'm just like, great. You know, yeah. all, all day long. And the orange cream as well is pretty good. So, oh, you Either can have those. mine.
0: No, I don't. Oh, really? I, I'm not for those. I'm, I'm for the toffee pennies and the and the fudge fingers.
1: Yeah, toffee pennies. I did love love it. Yeah, and yes, I do like those as well. But it's like the brown one, which was the actual toffee, like yes. proper Do you know what I mean? Was the one for me. So, same, yeah. same.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll commiserate over that.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed.
0: In her book, so you want to sing gospel? Mm. Author Dr. Trinice Robertson Martin says, and I'm just going to quote a little bit. Gospel music is not just a genre or a type of song or style of music but it's the musical and stylistic reflection and representation of a specific aspect of the black religious experience. If you were to describe gospel in a sentence, what would it be to you?
1: It would very much be songs of good news. Um, I think that is that is how I would, I would sum up gospel. I've always felt that it was music that challenges us, that gives us a a, a a a bright outlook um but also it enables us to kind of think about ourselves and others at the same time so it is it is songs of good news and that's how i would i would i would i would definitely describe it
0: mm. how are you introduced to it
1: Wow. Well, church was really the place for me. My parents uh, were devout Christians, um, from the Caribbean. Oh, no. Well, my mum was a Car- was a Christian in the Caribbean. Uh, and then she came here and my dad, um, became a Christian, um, for obvious reasons because, uh, the woman that he chose was a Christian and she wasn't going to marry him without him being a Christian. Enough said on that. Uh, so she, she was the one that introduced us all to it, my, myself and my three siblings. And it was, it was a, a great introduction actually because it was life. And I think this is what, was, what, what I say when I talk about uh, gospel music being good news, because there was just a sense of joy when you came to to sing a song in church, you know, and everybody was singing together. And this idea of it being life was that every Saturday I went to church, I grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist, so church days were, were Saturdays, and every single Saturday... I was in church and every single church time was everybody singing together hymns, you know, whatever it might be singing in the choir, singing solo, singing in the, in the kids choir or singing with the children, whatever it was, it was singing all day long. Um, And so you leave there not knowing that this has lifted your week because it's just so natural and normal. Um, And so that was my introduction to it. And that was literally from birth. I'm the youngest of four. uh, So I I literally grew up, you know, listening to my brother and my sister sing uh, and then obviously singing in church myself.
0: Mm. Does gospel have to have a church root if somebody really enjoys what gospel brings out of them, but they aren't necessarily a churchgoer. Is that in alignment with the style still?
1: No, of course, of course. Listen, gospel is for everyone. Uh, You know, there's there's this mass debate about cultural appropriation when it comes to to things like this. And I will always say, look, as long as people who are taking this style of music to sing, perform, teach, whatever it might be, just give acknowledgement to where it's come from and i think that's the most important thing you have to think about firstly the composer and and, you know this gospel music came out of the 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 spirituals all right which were uh, songs that were created or sung or developed throughout the transatlantic slave slave trade so those people who were enslaved were having conversations using different songs uh talking about how they were going to get to freedom Uh, so once you can reference all of that. Um, then you can, I think, I feel you can sing this song, these songs no matter. Yeah. But you must reference it and give acknowledgement to where they came from. You know, if, we, if we think about it, you know, the, the Europeans, there are, there are so many European composers, right? You, we can name them, you know, 10, 15, 20 of them. You can keep going anywhere you go in this world. If it is a, a concert, be it a school concert or a, a major concert at a massive arena, these composers, are emblazoned. It's like this song is by Beethoven or Mozart or Haydn or Handel. They are out there, and so my point is this: Whenever you take something, or anyone takes anything that is gospel from the, you know, regardless of if it's from the Black experience or wherever within music, the the composer and where it's come from should always be referenced. All right, now we're talking stri- strictly about gospel here. That is very much the black experience. Just reference it. That's all. And once you've done that, then you know what you are. I think I think you are good to go and do whatever you choose with it.
0: And is that simply just by bringing it up in conversation by saying a phrase, or would you say handouts are good? Or yeah, how extensive ha- does hand- that?
1: Handouts are great. I mean, listen, if you are if you're on stage and you're singing, I don't know, I don't know, Take My Hand, Precious Lord by Thomas Dorsey, then in the program, this should be written down as by Thomas Dorsey. Do you know what I mean? It might be arranged by Mark Delissa, but firstly, give respect and acknowledgement to the actual composer. That is really super important for me. But also if we're teaching this stuff, then we also have to let our students know. So we are passing on this information. This is what I know about this song. This is what I've found out. So therefore this this is why this song was created, when this song was created and who it was created by. And that then fuels the, I guess the education of that singer that is learning that piece of music. And I think that is the most important thing. And I think one of the things that I know growing up that, that I never saw I never knew that the, ne- the, the the spirituals that came out of uh, out of the mouths of those who were enslaved. I didn't know that those were that those were from that period of time. And I, in my in my le- early teens, it was only then that I found out that, oh, steal away was kind of, you know, something that was created many, you know, four or five hundred years ago. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it came out of the black experience of being enslaved none of that you know good news chariots are coming i didn't know that and so for me there has to now be um we have to have we have to be responsible enough to be able to to share this information and say this is where this music comes from give it the respect and the acknowledgement i think that is super important
0: how has gospel music developed across the years then from so far back in history to today
1: well there's there's been lots of development. The, ultimately the 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 lyrics uh, must ultimately come from the heart and I really really believe that. But you can fuse that with all sorts of different genres. You know, you have people like Kirk Franklin who, you know, late 80s early 90s was really pushing the boundaries on, you know, what was a, what was seen as traditional gospel music uh, into something a little bit more contemporary. And even today you've got people like Maverick City who are fusing they like you know what we call contemporary Christian music which is you know kind of seen as the um, uh, the, the the kind of the Christian music that is done in the predominantly white churches mm-hmm. what Maverick City are doing is kind of fusing the two the black experience with the white church experience and creating a different style of gospel for me it's all gospel for me it's all about us our growth our development and ultimately the love of God uh, and what Christ has done for us in our lives that is really what, what gospel music is about and how it's developed is just, you know, there's all sorts of sub genres now, which I love. You know, you've got reggae gospel, you've got pop gospel, you know, you've got all of these different styles. And so it has developed. But what hasn't changed is that ultimately this song, these songs are about God. They're about Jesus. They are about uplifting ourselves and making ourselves better in this world.
0: Mm. Can you name some artists that we could check out in in these different subgenres and from the traditional gospel sounds that we can hear for ourselves
1: yeah absolutely you've got to go back to thomas dorsey he was the god the godfather of gospel they say you know so if you start with him and listen to some of the stuff that he does uh, take my hand precious lord is a great gospel song mahalia jackson who who was around the same time as dorsey was also really brilliant you got andre crouch from a from a, some a little time after that um, you've got uh, Walter Hawkins from around that period as well, uh, and then you come in. You're then coming into like people like Richard Smallwood again. Lots of choir-based gospel, and that's one of the one of the beauties of gospel. I think you can you can be a Mahalia Jackson and wail as a soprano with a choir behind you potentially, or you can be uh, like a Kirk Franklin, in which everything is kind of driven by the choir, and he does a little bit of speaking over the top. All right, so those are people that you need to kind of check out. Also. Donald Lawrence really again pushing the boundaries of choir gospel music. Um, you've also got people like Jonathan McReynolds, really young guy. You know, well, I don't know, maybe he's not so young anymore, maybe in his 30s, but really beautiful sound, wonderful voice, and telling some incredible, incredible stories. Uh, if you go back a little further, you've got D- Daryl Coley again, really great, again pushing the boundaries of gospel music in that time. Then you've got a cappella. Take six for me. I grew up. I, I mean, I went to every single take six concert in this country. Um, and I think my first was, I think it was probably about 14 years old. Um, and that for me was like a, like a breakthrough because I'd only really heard traditional gospel music, you know. So when you're doing it as an a cappella, six part a cappella group, it blew my mind. Uh, I then went on to, I was inspired to then go on and start my own six part a cappella. We were never as good, but, um, but it was, it was a great time of exploring that type of music uh, and then you know you had the Wynans throughout the 80s and 90s uh, misha paris was also doing some gospel she's just put out a gospel album uh probably two or three years ago now uh go check that out uh you got ty trebet another brilliant brilliant singer uh songwriter and choir leader as well uh anita wilson is another really great artist at the moment mary mary <sighs> I mean, goodness, I could go on. The list is endless. I mean, listen, in this current age of technology, right, you can go to Spotify and type in gospel artists and just work your way through. The biggest gospel artist right now on the planet is absolutely Kirk Franklin. So you must also get there. And he's been doing this now. How old am I? I'm old, so maybe thirty years, thirty-five years. Maybe he's he's been going. So yeah, check all of those guys out, um, because though that will give you a really great basis for what gospel music is and how it has moved from the Thomas Dorsey right the way through to Maverick City today.
0: What are the main principles of gospel singing then? If you if there was a hierarchy or a priority, what what would those things be?
1: Story. Now, we talk about the the black experience of those who were enslaved. Right. And I think that's a really important place to start. They were creating songs out of pure need and necessity. Right. Now, the necessity was I'm going to I need to communicate to everybody on this plantation. Okay that we are going to try and get away on this deck. The, the songs songs were were written for code so that those who had enslaved them would not understand. Um but they were also written to uplift, songs that would bring joy in the moment. Now, why I say it was written out of a great or I w- I will say it was written out of a greater need because the greater need was for freedom. Yeah. Something that we don't really we in I guess in this western world, we don't really understand what it is to kind of sing for our freedom. We're they're relatively free here in this in, in this world, right? But in those times, they were singing or creating these songs out of the need for freedom. Now that's a really big thing for me. So the they are talking about their experience there within that 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 terrible period of time on, and of, of, of their life and how they can move out of that. So gospel is very much about, which came out of that period, it's very much about the story and what the story means to you. Now, I will always say to singers, when you come to sing a gospel song, or any song really, but let's let's talk specifically on gospel today. When you come to sing a gospel song, you can think about the composer, absolutely. The writer, absolutely. The arranger maybe, absolutely. Consider those things. But the most important thing when it comes to singing this stuff is you must believe the words of the song before it comes out of your mouth, all right? Now, people say, "Well, I don't go to church. Why how do I how do I sing a gospel song if I don't believe in in God or Jesus?" When you can you can then start to think about other things. Yeah, and I say this to people because this for me as a as an educator as well. This is my way into getting somebody to sing gospel music. Somebody that gives you strength, something that gives you strength, an idea that that, that, that lifts you up. Yes, a thing, the universe. People talk about the universe all the time, right? Yeah, the universe may give you strength or the universe may be the thing that drives you through in this world. If those things are important to you, then sing it with that make it your story not my story my experience in church is my experience my relationship with god is my relationship so when i'm singing i know that i can hold on to all of those little things that that i know have have inspired me or brought me through hard hardship and hard times those spiritual things i can hold on to but whatever has brought you through use that that is the first way in now why do we do this i guess i guess when people come to watch a gospel performance they can't quantify why it makes them feel the way they do, right? They leave there and they're just like, oh my goodness, that was, I don't know, it was, it was so uplifting. It just made me feel good. You know, I get this all the time. Now, what is that? A lot of the time it is that the people on stage singing are singing their story, okay? Now, if I ask anybody to tell me their story, like, tell me about you. What do you do? Where have you been? What's your experiences, your traumas, all of that? I'm in, as soon as you start telling me about your life, I am in, I'm sucked in and I am invested. And this is what gospel music does. And this is where I start from a teaching point of view. I will always say you cannot sing this without believing it. Yeah. Or changing, changing lyrics in your mind or meanings of lyrics in your mind to whatever it is you believe. Because once you've done that, then you must be able to go and perform this. Or what we would say in the, the world of, of, of religion or gospel, I guess, go and minister these songs with your story. And that is what moves people. I have a phrase that says, if you connect, you will affect. And that means as a singer, and within gospel, this is so true. You have to connect to the lyrics, believe them, know them, and allow them to resonate in you first. Once you do that, as soon as they come out of your mouth, you are going to affect somebody who is listening to you. All right. So if you connect, you will effect. And that is the essence of gospel music.
0: For singers who may be able to find what their essence and their message is within that song, how can they be at will just to let go? Because when you see gospel performances, it looks like all of the singers there are just without inhibition.
1: Yeah. How
0: mm-hmm. does that part come into it? Because <laughs> I, I just see a lot of singers maybe struggle with that, that sense of letting go.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's something I I came up with uh, this week, actually, which was I saw something and I thought, okay, I'm going to rephrase that and reframe it uh, to talk about singing. But I say we were born singers and society does its best to beat it out of us. Right. And so I think people I think you're right. People have. Have all of these inhibitions that they that is so difficult for them to let go of, um, and if you can think, and I know, growing up in in the church, I remember, um, I, I I remember being super young. When I say super young, psh, seven, eight, nine, and I went to a, a funeral, and this person got up, and they were talking about the person who had passed away. They weren't a family member; they were just a friend. And this person began crying, and I couldn't understand why they were crying, because I was like, "Well, you're not their, their their daughter or their son or their husband, but you're just a friend." But then when I turned around, I was like, "Oh, everybody else is crying." And in that moment, it made me realize that actually, we have an ability to we have an ability to allow ourselves to go as far as we want, okay? And it takes time. And this is why whenever I'm working with students on this, I'm always like, okay, what does this mean to you? Yeah, you can give more. You can allow me in more. You can allow your audience in more. And they always say to me, but what happens if I cry? I say, well, that's perfect because that is that it means that you are solely you're super invested into this your story is so super clear and the clarity is so vivid that your body is saying i need to, to to produce whatever it is i'm feeling and so it's a process you've got to go through the process of okay believing it thinking about what it means to you and then allowing yourself to tell that story with ultimate truth it doesn't come overnight okay you know i always say to people go to go to as far as you can in this performance and then next time you come back go a little further and by a little further making yourself just a little more vulnerable each and every time okay it's hard i'm not saying it's something that is easily teachable or something that can be easily learnt uh, that can transform a performance you know in a day that's never going to happen but give yourself license to be more vulnerable because trust me when i tell you your audiences will be affected even more. The more vulnerable you are, the more affected they will be. All right. And let that drive you, that you want to leave an audience with part of your story that they can take home with them. All right. So it's not not easy, but definitely possible.
0: And as the teacher, if somebody is using a song to represent a trauma or a part of their life that was difficult, how do you manage that from your position? Uh, Especially if they're being sent away after a lesson or a choir session with those feelings.
1: Well, there's always, for me, there's always the come down, right? So you've got to, you take them, take them up to a place. And then towards the end of the session, it's like, okay, cool. You can, you know, change into something else, do something, do something a little different, uh, ask them if they're all right, check in with them and see where, where, where they're at uh, and then leave it there. I would never leave them just like that. Like, okay, cool, mm. you know, in tears. All right, cool. We're yeah. not going to do anything about that. See you later. No, 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 do something about it, you know, yeah, crack a little joke, you know, bring them back into the space and be like, cool, you know, what, what are you doing for the rest of of the day you know what's happening you know just become super personable with them again um, and I think that's always really really important to do so yeah good question
0: speaking of the vulnerability sides if a singer does end up in tears and as you say that can be quite impactful we know that we've reached a level of the storytelling how does that impact the functional technique and is that as important in gospel?
1: Um, it's not important and I tell you for why, you know, um, again, all, a lot of this experience is my own personal, right? And I remember I was singing at uh, at a funeral of a, of a girl who sang in our choir at church um, for many years and was was really influential to me. Um, and one of her last wishes, I mean, I feel a bit emotional now actually, one of her last wishes was, was that I sang the song that I had sung for a good few years at her funeral. And I thought I was gonna be all right. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And as soon as I started singing this song and my mind went to her, I was standing beside the coffin and it, I was just overcome and I couldn't, I couldn't for like, you know, a good eight bars, I just couldn't sing. Uh, and the choir continued to back me and, you know, do all the things that they were doing. Um, and it just, it, it's, it's your your technique is never gonna be great in that moment. But what I have learned over time is, To be able to control that but you have to be in it to learn how far you can allow that to go okay and so for me what you what you have to do is don't make any excuses if if the tears come you know what for me that's a that's a great performance because it's true yeah the next time you sing again and it's a similar kind of thing you should have enough uh, enough knowledge then to be able to say okay i'm not going to go all the way there but if there's a little choke you know, I'm 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 good with that. All right, but just listen, th- this this world is imperfect, right? And I'm not expecting with gospel. You 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 talked about how freeing people are, where they just like they just let go, and it's it's almost like you know they don't care anymore. That's what I want from singers all the time. You know what I mean? I'm just going to give you me, the raw me. And if I cry, then that's cool. And if I get through it with a little bit of tears, that's cool too. And if I get through it completely, but I've delivered and everybody's heard my story, then great. So it's a process. It's a process. You will learn to go. You know, I talk about it like this. You go to the edge right now, me and that in that situation beside that coffin, I fell off the cliff. I fell off the cliff completely but I learned how to lean over the cliff without falling. This takes time and practice. So I can go as far as I need to, to let you know my story and feel all of that emotion, but I'm not going to allow it to overcome me so that therefore there is no voice coming out. Okay. I've learned that. And that is something that you can only learn by doing. Okay. Because you in the moment, how you feel in the moment is about how you feel. Nobody can say, okay, just go to the edge here. Just go to the edge today. No, 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 no. You have to be like, okay, cool. I don't feel like I can not fall off. If you're going to fall off, fall off. And I make no excuses for that make no excuses that is just what you have to do in that moment all right
0: how do we then help gospel singers to consider their vocal health in those moments as well so if you're allowing yourself to be free and not not necessarily giving too much priority to the technique but it's more about the story where does that line sit for like vocal health
1: well, well, it, that's so interesting you asked that question because uh, a good friend of mine, Dane Chalfin, uh, is a champion for this idea of primal voice, right? And that is very much, when you listen to gospel singers, that is very much primal voice. Now, primal voice comes from a sense of feeling, right? I want to shout here. I want to scream. I want to be loud. I want to, I don't know, I want to, I want to express something with like all of my being. Yeah. Now, if if we are starting from a base point of firstly thinking and feeling something, then that is what affects our voice. Yeah. Now it is in its truest form in that. You know, I always say to singers all the time or people generally, I mean, I'm always working with non-singers who say, oh, I can't sing. And I'm just like, "Okay, cool. When you came out of the womb, what did you do first? You took a breath, right? And on that exhalation came a cry. Yeah. Nobody taught you that. That is instinctive within us as human beings. Okay. Now on that cry is your voice. Okay. And you use that and you didn't make any excuses for it. You weren't like, Oh, sorry, I'm going to be a bit loud right now. For all of those formative years, you were just loud. You were just loud. And what, like I say about society, society beats it out of us because they said you should be quiet. You actually shouldn't be so loud. And actually you should be, you should be shh. because you know, I was on a plane the other day and this couple and I was felt so, Terrible for them because they were just trying to shush this kid, their child, right? And I'm like, no, no, it's cool. Don't, I'm, I'm, I'm good. If that child is crying their eyes out and making sounds whilst I'm trying to sleep, I ain't going to complain to you. But I see that other people find it a little difficult. So I guess my point is this our voices are super, super, no, 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 I can't use that word. They are natural to us, right? If you are singing through a place of, I'm going to communicate my thought and my feeling to you with truth. Your voice will do what it needs to do right now. A lot, an old wise man said to me once, he said, it's your thought that informs your voice and I love that. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that is okay. I'm going to raise my larynx here and I'm going to engage thick folds. And now that I've got thick folds, I'm going to add a little bit of twang. You should never be singing from that point of view, yeah? You should, you know, do that in your rehearsal time. Think about it, understand the technique, understand where it goes, how it works, of course. But when you come to perform, no, get rid of that. It's all about feelings, okay? And that is what happens in gospel. Every single time you hear somebody sing, they're singing their thoughts at well, Hopefully they are singing their thoughts and their feelings. And therefore that is what makes the voice work okay they're not thinking technically or they shouldn't be this is how i teach it you shouldn't be thinking technically in your performances yeah okay rehearse your technique perform your feelings yeah
0: definitely yeah and speaking of technique and i know before we came on to record we talked about how this is just a little bit tricky to cover really it's extensive and so different what do you find yourself doing mostly with singers when it comes to technical sides of gospel singing.
1: Well, I, I would probably go with, with how we create the stylistic sound of gospel music. So there's there's shaping, how we shape vowel, how we move between notes, you know, a little flick here, maybe a little ornamentation at my end phrase, things like that. You know, I was doing a, um, it's really interesting, actually, and this is a good, a good time to talk about this. I just did a, a video shoot with Tom O'Dell and you know they came and they said okay we need a choir i said all right fine no problem and they said they don't want a gospel choir right and i was like oh okay cool fine um they want something more choral now what does that mean what does that mean and i was just like mm, okay but as soon as i started doing the, the arrangement i was just like ah okay so whereas i might lift something like yeah i might do something like that with a melody but Doing it for Tom, who wanted something which wasn't necessarily gospel. Da-da-da-dee-dee-dee. You see? So there's not a movement. All of those little inflections, those movements to notes and lifts to notes, I would remove. And that's exactly what I did in order to create a sound that he was super happy with, right? Um, and so that's where I would that's where I would start. Just take a song, you know, I don't know, his eyes on the sparrow. Yeah, which we, which um, uh, which is a, a great gospel song, uh, written written actually by uh, a guy called uh, Charles Gabriel. Um, but you know everybody then, and it was written as a as a normal traditional hymn. Yeah. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Right? But uh, you take it with into Mahalia Jackson doing it, or Whitney Houston doing it, or anybody else. And his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Do you know what I mean? It's all sorts of other little things that you can do. So I would always say, all right, cool. If we're going to go for the technique, we're, we're going to start with just how we phrase things and also how we introduce vibrato into that into that sound as well and that's probably where i would start
0: Uh, uh. announcement listeners if you've been thinking about joining the bast community by taking one of our courses but you just don't know which is the best option for you then why not book a free call with our very own kimberly george who has all the answers Head over to basttraining.com forward slash book a call forward slash and click that big blue button to request your free Zoom chat. That's basttraining.com forward slash book a call forward slash. And you can find that link in our show notes too. Now, where were we? Uh, uh. What sort of technical foundation would a singer benefit from having before they start working into gospel music?
1: I don't think they need to have anything. If I'm honest, I think they just need to have a willing heart, all right, to come and sing this because I can, again, for me, I can, I can turn as a, as a bit of a vocal geek, right? And I love turning voices and creating different sounds. I love that. I can probably make anybody sound like they're a, a gospel singer. Do you know what I mean? Pretty, pretty maybe not that easily, dependent upon their ability. Um, but I could probably, I could probably help them to, start to sound pretty decent as a gospel singer. And um, you know, I, 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 there's so many experiences that I that I can give you, and I'll give you this one. Um, we were invited to sing for the Queen's Jubilee, uh, and they said, "Right, Mark, we need, we think we need five choirs." And I said, "Well." Why do you need five? And they said, well, Andrea Bocelli is going to need a choir. And Diana Ross is going to need a choir. And Alicia Keys is going to need a choir. Uh, there's going to be a choir for Jason Donovan, who's doing Any Dream Will Do. Uh, and then there's a rapper who's going to need a choir as well. So we're going to need five different choirs. I'm like, what, why Why five? Why? Why a choir for each? And they were like, well, because choirs can only do those specific things. Like, come on, you're talking to Mark Delisserie, right? Mm-hmm, so I said, mm-hmm. you just need one choir and we'll do all five. And so for me, I can, the, the, the what, what a singer should come with is just an open mind to be able to say, all right, cool. What is Mark asking me to do? Yeah. Now, the more seasoned they are is the more they know and understand their voices. Right. So it's going to be easier for me to say, OK, introduce a little bit of twang there, make that super aspirate or kick out. OK, give me a more more glottalized sound on that. Do you know what I mean? I can talk technically with with singers who are more seasoned, but. I think all so so therefore I guess what a, what a singer needs to come with is just an open mind to be molded uh, into creating the sound that I require and for this for gospel it's it's, it's no different yeah so that's for me that you just need to come with an open mind and if you've got a great ability you know to belt Great, that's that's wonderful. Do you know what I mean? But, but 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 gospel isn't just about belting. Do you know what I mean? Although there is some so, quite a lot of belting going on uh, in in lots of songs. Um, the emotion I think is paramount within within gospel.
0: Yeah. Is there any singers from a particular genre that's maybe going to find gospel a little bit more challenging than singers from other genres? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. I, well, yeah, I, I. I. Listen. I. Again. It, uh, There's, we, we've done, I've done a number of things over my time, right? And I've worked with singers from a classical tradition. Yeah. Who, who get and understand music and their voices and stuff. Um, and that, and in some, and sometimes that can be, that can be quite tricky where they, where their voices are set, uh, in order to create the sound and the sound that they create is unbelievable. Seriously, that, that genre is always blows my mind every time I hear people, people singing. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit more diff, diff, a little little bit more difficult let's call it let's say let's say it like that um because i think i think gospel will have will utilize a lot of thick folds um there's a lot there's a lot of a greater and a fuller sound uh that that we create for the style so they might find it tricky but again from where i'm standing not impossible you know we can i've still i've I've turned not turned (laughs) I've introduced gospel to people who are classic, classically trained and they've fared pretty well. So, yeah, it's, it's not impossible.
0: How does your approach differ from working with a singular singer who's in gospel to working with the choir? How What are your goals with both of those?
1: Ooh good question and um, well with the singer I'm going to focus just on their sound what their, whatever sound they are giving in that moment and I think that's a really important thing to say that you know it, it wherever whatever whatever whoever you're teaching as a teacher um, you need to k- kind of embrace their sound and don't try and change their sound. So I would never try and change their sound. Okay, give them the the inflection, the, the, the bit of technique that that we use within gospel. Uh, mostly the emotion. Give them that, but let their sound live. You know, if I if we talk about Kirk Franklin versus Mahalia Jackson versus Jonathan McReynolds versus Cece Winans, they've all got different sounds. Okay? they're all their textures are all different and um, so i would f- very much focus on that for the individual singer but for a choir now 30 people i need them to sound as close to the same as possible all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna shape vowels in a different way we are going to make sure that we are singing through phrases in a different way in, in the same way right uh, and so for me there's a whole completely different set of tools needed to work with the, with the choir than there is to work with a with a soloist a soloist is very much individual a choir is very much trying our best to make them sound as unified as, and as blended as I possibly can. Yeah.
0: What would be your advice to somebody who would love to set up a gospel choir but doesn't quite know how to get going?
1: Well, go and find some stuff some super simple stuff online like i said go and check out kirk franklin he kirk franklin does some really lovely tunes right that are really super singable yeah so and don't ever listen to them and go oh my god i could never do that i've taught so many people over the years songs that they first listen to and just go what is this and someone someone even even for me what even more uh, special for me is donald lawrence i don't know if i said that in the original list but donald lawrence creates some Great choir material. Again, sounds really difficult, but when you get into it, you will realize that once he sung the first verse and the chorus, it's just then interchangeable. Do you know what I mean? It's just a repeat, 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 and you've got it. I taught someone uh, a choir on Saturday. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention um the area I can't remember what they were called, Felton and Norton community gospel choir, I'm going to put that in there, shout out to them because they were great. Uh, we did a Donald Lawrence song uh, and they were just like, oh, no, I don't know if we're going to get through this in like the 40 minutes that we've got. And by th- minute 30, they were just dancing around singing like, singing like this is the best ever thing ever in the world, right? Because it was super simple. Sounds difficult, but easy. So my, my advice would be go and find some stuff by Donald Lawrence, some stuff from Kirk Franklin um, and start. Okay, You can get backing tracks out there. You can dive in. You just get Get the lyrics and you start singing do it do it do it do it do it do not think that it's outside of you it isn't it isn't it is actually more simple than you could ever imagine so go do it
0: this is a bit of a weird question but i mm. kind of want to know the secrets and uh it might relate to the storytelling side of things but gospel singers always look really cool and smooth <laughs> and with like so much personality now i'm such a, an awkward person <laughs> how how can i look and be that cool in gospel
1: you know what i don't i honestly alexa i don't know if we're all uh, if the, if we are they are all cool i don't i don't know um <laughs> i <sighs> I I think, you know, as any singer, you've got to have you've got to have that that desire just to get on stage and sing. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be that inner belief in yourself. And so maybe that's the coolness that you're seeing that they walk in. But, you know, what? actually, and as I'm saying this, I'm saying that actually a lot of that might be put on. Because actually behind closed doors, they might be, you know, I mean, I know for me and I'm telling you secrets here. This is real secrets here. You know, whenever I've got a workshop to do, be it 10 people, be it 5,000 people, I am nervous. I'm the worst person at home before I go to do a workshop. My wife is like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, nothing, I'm fine. And she's like, you're going to be fine. And it it generally, 99.9% of the time is absolutely fine, but I'm a nervous wreck before I get into it. And so what you're seeing potentially is just the persona on stage, which makes you feel like, oh, man, because everybody says to me, oh, man, you know, you're so comfortable up there. But if they knew, my heart is going like this. Do you see what I'm saying? But I put on this persona and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love doing what I do, but I'm still super nervous and I'm I'm nervous because I'm like, I don't know whether this is going to go all right, but it's never really gone wrong. So I don't, I have no, I have no evidence for it going wrong. Does that make sense? So that's probably the coolness that you're you're seeing. But if you catch them off, off stage, you know, sitting in a, (laughs) in a, in a restaurant by themselves, you know, you'd probably see someone completely different.
0: Yeah. What myth would you like to bust about gospel music and gospel singing?
1: Gospel came out of a period of time that we don't really want to talk about. And I think we, whether this is myth busting or not, we have to recognise that that this this music lives on. You know, the spirituals especially, they live on after four, nearly 500 years worth of people being enslaved. Um, And that's a big deal. That's a big deal for me. Um, and I just, I just, I just want people to just. Maybe this is not myth busting at all, but I think one of the things that I'd want people to do is just recognize that that you know the, the black experience is a lot deeper than just what we know of gospel now, you know, or or rap or hip hop or grime or you know, what I mean, it's 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 a lot more than that. Um, and I think I just want want people to know that actually we 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 have a quite a, quite a, quite a Quite an ugly history. Um, and the music that we've got now, you know, we talk about reggae, you know, I was talking to some, some guys who weren't from this country, they were refugees um, from Afghanistan. And, you know, we were talking about some pop songs that they'd never heard of before. Um, we were doing a workshop, I was doing a, a singing workshop with them and um, we we talked about some pop songs and they were just like, okay, and we talked about some other bits and then we talked about reggae and they said, oh, Bob Marley, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, you know, Bob Marley? And they are like, yeah, we know Bob Marley. And I'm like, wow, you know, Bob Marley is straight out of the black experience. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? The mm. spirituals came before reggae, reggae was developed, you know fifties, you know, Mento and, you know, that kind of stuff and Scar and and that's the black experience. So I guess maybe the, like I said, sorry, Alexa, you've asked me a question, but I've gone off on a, on a tangent here. It's not myth bu- myth bu- myth busting, but it is just, I would like people to just recognize that, you know, we, as, as black people, we've been through an experience that n- nobody else in the history of the world, I mean, okay, if you go back into the Bible, there were people who were enslaved, of course, but In in memory that we've got, we black people were enslaved and we created a lot of music throughout that period. And that that period has then gone on to bring forth gospel, as we're talking about today, but also blues and funk and soul and R and B and reggae and hip hop and grime and and so many other genres have come out of that period. And so I think it's really important that we that we give just acknowledgment to that and, you know, give it its ultimate respect, which is, you know, the majority of the music that we have today is is kind of coming out of that period. So, yeah, I want to yeah. do it that.
0: What's next for you and your choirs?
1: Ooh, well, uh, we jump on stage this week with uh, the Darkness um, doing a, their, their their London tour, uh, which is going to be super exciting for us. Just to get around and sing a couple of Christmas bits. Um, and what else have we got? Is there's, there's there's some stuff that we've got doing next year. Again, loads of loads of things that I can talk about, and loads of things I can't talk about. Majority I can't <laughs> talk about. Um, but there's 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 loads of stuff. You'll always see us popping up doing various bits and pieces. My my singers. Um, are are just super great, and will all. I mean, I'm always changing my sing. When I say changing them, I'll always use singers that I need for a specific event, um, because I just think, like I said, I can turn voices to whatever I need them to be. Right, so, um, so you'll you'll always see me and a selection of singers at something somewhere. So just mm. keep looking out for us. Follow us on Instagram and all the rest of that.
0: Yeah, can you tell us where we can find you? Mm.
1: So Mark Dillisa on Instagram or MDL Singers is another one uh, that you can you can go and follow. Um, I don't post that regularly, but you'll always see things that that that's that's happening uh, or that have happened. But what I do what I do think people should really know about is um, over the next 12 months, we're going to be doing a little bit of a tour. And that's a tour with uh, my just myself, really um, across the country, getting loads of people singing Um, because I did something at the the festival hall back in September, which was called Back Together Again, where a thousand people, I mean, I didn't expect there to be a thousand people. I thought it was going to be like 200 people. But anyway, uh, a thousand people turned up and we just sang some songs for the day. It was super easy, you know, and I did it because throughout lockdown, I did a number of online, you know, Zoom sessions Mm because we couldn't go anywhere. And I was always saying, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to be back in a room together, guys, you know, we're going to do this and it's going to be great just to keep their spirits up. And so I thought I have to, I have to do this. So I did, but it was so great um in September that the call for it has been huge and so we are going to take it around the country because there's no point in me just doing it in London because that's just uh, that excludes some people mm-hmm. who just you know may not need to, may not be able to travel uh, so we're going to go around the country next year uh doing it in various venues so just watch watch out on my my socials uh mm-hmm. when that goes up um again super lovely day Come and sing some songs have a good time meet other people and go home mm-hmm. so yeah something to check out
0: and you'll be filling your pants every day before those
1: <laughs> everything every single day i mean it's 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 crazy and i cannot tell you how crazy it is because as soon as i've finished i'm just like why was i like yeah. that this morning why did i feel like that but you know someone did say recently it's 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 natural when you care
0: yeah
1: you know um and i do care mm-hmm. i care for I want people to have a great time, and most importantly, I want people to recognise that each and every one of us has a voice, mm. and a voice that is usable. You know, like I said, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tweet this or put it on Instagram later. Get
0: some mugs. <laughs>
1: yeah, we were born singers, and then society does its best to try and beat it out of us. It's like mm. it so happens all the time. People say they they come to my events and they've they've sung their heart out, and then they come over and say thank you for giving me the voice my voice back today and I'm like I didn't give you back your voice your voice was always there Mm -hmm. I just put you in a space and gave you the opportunity to use it you know and then they talk about somebody at some point telling them that they couldn't sing and that for me is like heartbreaking and so I am here I love what I do and I love more seeing people open their mouths and their voices come out and they go, this is great because this is what I was doing Mm. throughout my church life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why gospel is so, so important to me um, because I was doing it and nobody, and everybody else around me was doing it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'm painting this picture in the right way, but like now you have to go to a performing arts school. Mm. right to do singing every day or you have to join a a local community choir to be singing right or you have to i don't know you have to sign up to some kind of program of study and sing throughout that do you you know what i mean this but for me and my my best friends who are still my best friends after all these years we were just in a church that just sang Mm. everyone sang and we were at church on Saturdays. We'd rehearse stuff on Sundays. We'd try stuff out on a Wednesday. We'd go back to church on a Friday night to rehearse for the Saturday morning. We were singing all week. And, when, and so for me, I consider myself massively blessed to have been able to do that because there's so many people who were never given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think we all should have that opportunity. And that's one of the things that I am destined to do in my life here on this planet is just let everybody know you can sing and you can you can do it more and if i create forums and spaces for you to do that then brilliant but i want you to go out and find others as well all right so that's and that's why man you know gospel is so so important to me because it's where i started you know sorry i'm gonna give you this one my best friend right doesn't consider himself a singer right um but we, we went to church all our lives together, right? And he still sings to this day, right? And we will sing songs and, you know, every so often would, you know, would say something that's funny and be like, I oh, remember that song, and we'd sing a song. He doesn't consider himself a singer, but in church, everyone sings.
0: Everyone's a singer. Mm-hmm.
1: You see, you go into a normal workplace now and you go, how many people sing? Two people. Oh, me. You go to church. My church, you know, when I was in my teens and says, so everyone sings, yeah? Everyone's putting their hands up, yeah? We all, we all sing, do you know what I mean? And it's changed now, which breaks my heart, but it just means that my purpose is sure that really what I need to do and continue doing is continue getting people to sing and giving them opportunities to do so.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. And we can't wait to, to watch and if anyone wants to get involved, as uh, as Mark said, follow on and see where you can can join the club yeah um mark thank you so much it's been really lovely to be in your company today Ooh,
1: well thank you alexa thanks for having me
0: have a lovely christmas
1: yes you too all right we'll see you soon
0: if you're enjoying the singing teachers talk podcast and who are we kidding of course you are share the love by giving us a ahem, five star rating and leaving a comment just head to the singing teachers talk main page on the apple podcast app and scroll to the bottom to click write a review